0: This is Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of UNA Athletics. Suzuki crosses the timeline with two, half-court heave, on the way, she hit it! Instant triggers, bounces left to the 15, outside to the 10, cuts up to the 5, for the pylon, dives, touchdown North Alabama! Parker triggers his second rushing score of the ball game! Susie, his shot, fake drives in, runner on the way, trickles in, count in one for Will Susie! Drive towards center. This ball's way out of here. Two-run home run Georgia land. I'm Benjamin Ray, and you're listening to Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of the University of North Alabama Athletic Department, brought to you by Club Tales, the original cocktail in a cam. Continuing our conversations with all the new UNA football coaches under head coach Brent Deerman, chatting now with our running backs coach, Morgan Cruz. He's been a high school head coach in OC. He spent time at the collegiate level as well. Now here he is coaching running backs on this new coaching staff. Coach Cruz, thanks for joining us here on the podcast.
1: Excited to be here, Ben.
0: Now, uh, you were one of the, I guess, last additions to this staff, I believe. You you, you were hired, and then I guess you had, you had to finish up teaching and everything in December. But what's the last month or two been like for you as you've sort of made the move down here to North Alabama from Tennessee?
1: I'll tell you this. As I tell everybody, it's been a whirlwind. Um, so, uh, I guess right after Derman got the job, um, he had reached out to me about a – um, possibility of joining him here, um, and of course, um, just opportunity to come and work with him again, and we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But um, I told him, I said, Coach, I'd really like to finish my commitment to the high school. Uh, they brought me in last January. I'd love to be able to finish that commitment to them because um, they were they were um, getting ready for finals and things of that nature of the semester. And so, uh, and he was he understood being a high school guy himself, so uh, stayed there. Um, came down for a couple of days after that semester was, um, that semester ended. And, um, then we had Christmas break and then it's just been, uh, one thing after the next ever since we've gotten back in January.
0: Was there any hesitation, any thought of, do I want to get back in the college ranks or was it no doubt like, man, love working with coach Dearman. We had success in the past. Let's do this.
1: So no hesitation. And the reason being is because of this, uh, uh, when I was at the college ranks and I stepped down into high school ball again, um, I did it um, in a sense for um, I was ready to build a legacy. And uh, and I told the school that uh, Brighton, where I was at last, that if the opportunity ever arose for me to either get back with Coach Dearman or have the opportunity to step into Division One football, um, that I just couldn't pass up the opportunity. And so, uh, they understood that. and. Um, Didn't realize it was going to happen within a year, but um, the Lord has uh, unique plans for sure, so.
0: The connections with this staff it, have been great to learn about. I mean, a lot of you guys go back, especially to Bethel. We've heard from Coach Roth, Coach Rewers, of course, uh, Coach Dearman. You were all at Bethel together. It's got to be pretty neat getting the band back together.
1: It is because um, at that time we had never worked together before. So that's um, where it all started. It is. Uh, so Coach Dearman and Coach Roth and I were actually um, rivals. Coach Dearman and Roth played together at Bethel. Um, and I played at Lambeth University, um, and so we were rivals and played against each other, knew each other just from, uh, of course, as Coach Deerman would say, they beat our butts. They put us into, uh, beat Lambeth at, into uh, going into bankruptcy in the but <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Uh, I
1: know, he's pretty brutal on that. <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, so knew each other from there, and then the connection that Deerman brought, bringing us all together, and then being able to have that. That time together at Bethel, that in 2018, um, that season was so special, and we did a lot of things together as a staff, from uh, really restoring that program, rebuilding that program to the conference championship that it that we had that year. And so, uh, I think it uh, the opportunity to kind of come back to that and and know what we had was, and adding in the new elements here, the new guys that Dearman's met along the way, and uh, it's definitely a unique environment.
0: Every coach has that one special season that they just go back to when they're telling stories. And it's multiple seasons a lot of times. But that 2018 season for you guys up at Bethel, I know had to be pretty special. And what makes that team and that experience so unique?
1: So I'll tell you, uh, for me, it was seeing the the process unfold from the beginning. It was seeing – um, the culture being built in January through the um, the question marks we had roster-wise to um, what we felt like was a phenomenal recruiting class we had that year doing it in a month, um, to um, revamping how the school did their summer program, uh, to um, just... Uh, starting off with the first game against the number two team in the nation, uh, uh, national championship runner-up the year before with Reinhardt, just the everything that just kind of built, built stair-step wise uh, to culminating into, you look back on it and you're like, man, there was a lot of stuff we accomplished over that year. So, you in, in the middle of the grind, you're just kind of next day, next day, but when you look back on it, it just created so many special moments and memories.
0: Now here you are back here at North Alabama. Your instant reaction to UNA, like, hey, we're, we're going to UNA, what was the first thing that came to your mind about this
1: place? So um, back in – when I, I graduated, I'll, I'll tell my age right here, but uh, when I graduated high school in 04, um, I, at that time there was – a. Um, a big buzz about UNA because the quarterback that was at my high school was being recruited by UNA at the time. And so i known a little bit about North Alabama. Um, what I had, uh, uh, I knew the tradition um, from recruiting at Bethel, knew a little bit about the area. But um, the exciting part to me was um, when I started researching the history of the area and um, the, the city of Florence, the – the Shoals area, um, and just the the um, tradition that had been built here um, and finding out all those little details excited me. Um, excited me because um, I, I felt like that um, knowing who Coach Dearman is and knowing how he works and knowing the staff that he was putting together was going to create something special to restore that back to um the championship ways and uh I was I, w- I was excited 100%. Since you've
0: gotten here you guys have been working out with, with the players in the mornings, weight rooms, county fair mat room whatever you want to call it, the fun outside yes, that sir. we've seen on, on social media. What's been some which by the way we've done a lot of these interviews. A lot of you guys have those raspy <laughs> coaching voices. I know from the the early morning workouts. Yes, sir. What's been the instant reaction to this group?
1: Uh they're hungry. This group is really, really hungry. Uh, we've uh, we've noticed uh, as a staff we've talked about it. Um, these guys uh, just are longing for what it's going to take to take them to the next step. Um, they want uh, they they're not satisfied with just being a college athlete. They're not satisfied with just being a student athlete. Um, they want to win. Um, they want to be successful. And uh, um, it's a testament to the the type of students that student athletes that U N A draws. Uh, so um, just the the engagement, the, um, the passion, the energy that these guys bring each and every day. Um, and it, you're, you notice one particular thing, especially when I sit back, the back of a team meeting room and hear them, hear Dearman, Coach Dierman talk to them. I look at and see what kind of response and they're glued in Don't So, I mean, um, it, it's definitely a, an uptrend right now Uh, exciting times
0: man it certainly is it's a trajectory we're all excited to watch all right let's jump into you in your background from northwest tennessee union city i I believe yes sir what was your early introduction to to sports football
1: in life so um i grew up and i was a um, and my dad really wasn't a sports guy. My dad was a, a mechanic. Uh, I, he worked on um, – he was a mechanic for a dirt track racer. Uh, my uncle was big into dirt track racing. And so uh, uh, my dad was a huge parts guy, um, wasn't much of an athlete. Um, but uh, I got into athletics. Um, that was uh, something that uh, I had, I guess you could say, uh, been attracted to ever since I was five or six years old. Um, I was a really a three-sport guy, which when I was in school, um, I did not play peewee football. It wasn't a thing when I was growing up um, in rural West Tennessee. Um, so I was a two-sport guy up until middle school, and then I played basketball, football, and baseball. I just loved to compete. have a younger brother that's two years younger than me, and uh, we were right at the right age to just compete in everything that we did. And uh, – uh, my parents probably didn't like it because <laughs> I can remember there were several times with broken car windows or a gash over the head, whatever it may be. Um, but the um, introduction to sports um, led me to uh, high school where um, I really started kind of focusing in on uh, the the sport of football and um, spent a lot more time in there developing my skill and my craft. You go going to play at Lambeth. Yes, sir. What kind of player were you? So, I actually entered into college football as a slot receiver. I was 5'8", 185. Um, Not the fastest kid, but I knew every position on the football field. Um, I had arguably one of the best set of hands on the football field. Um, And so I did the the little things the right way to allow myself to be, um, I guess you could say, utilized. Um, That that I was – um, the guy that they're like, this has got to be a guy, we got to travel. And so, um, long story short, started out at 185. By my junior year, um, we wanted to kind of change offensive philosophy. They told me to go to H-back, so I went from 185 to 225. Oh, wow. Between my sophomore and junior year. 5'8", um, 225, gaining 40 pounds in one off season. Not very good for uh, continuing the speed that you had <laughs> and also on joints. So, uh, long story short, I ended up losing about ten to fifteen before my senior year and finished as a h back running back um I'll tell you this i and as a high school coach um as a coach myself, and as a um player, I've always just been a huge culture guy. I've been a guy that um if you ask me to to um I need you to go make three hundred copies of this. I'm always just going to – like, I'm going to do it. If Coach said, hey, I need you to block that 260-pound defensive end. And I was 180. Yes, sir, I'm going to find a way to get it done. So, um, that was the type of player I was, and they knew that I'd, I was gritty. I was a little nasty at times. Um, but and sometimes that's what you got to have to get the job done.
0: Now you mentioned something I, I kind of want to take a deep dive into, culture. And we hear that a lot around football programs. We've had a lot of the other coaches on as well. They've talked about the culture he, here at UNA. What is the culture you guys are trying to build here?
1: Um, the biggest culture that I think that coach the, the aspect of Coach Dierman's culture, um, in my opinion, is um, one that these kids and this community and this school know that We as a football program are going to love each other, we're going to care for each other, and we're going to serve each other. Um, And um, that's going to be a situation that we're going to make sure that these kids, um, these young men, grow up to be great men, husbands, fathers, um, that we're going to do our best to serve this community the best way we can. Um, And then um, at the end of the day, if we'll do those things off the field, um, it's going to translate to how we love and care for each other on the field. And uh, it's going to translate into, into a successful football program.
0: We know it certainly will. So you wrap up
1: playing at Lambeth. What's your coaching journey? How do you get your foot in there? Did you know you were going to be a coach? So the crazy thing, being is this. So when I was my senior year of uh, college, I was actually, when I was 12, I was called to the ministry. Um, and so I answered the call to the ministry. Didn't know what that was going to be, thought it might be. A, a, a pastor, a lead pastor, or a youth pastor, or something of that nature. I was a youth pastor, music minister, through my time in college um, and um, got my degree in religion and philosophy. So I had two options. Um, my high school head coach had called and asked me to, um, I want you to come coach football for me. Um, and then I also had an opportunity to go to Ole Miss to get my master's in philosophy and start the process to um, a doctorate in teaching philosophy of religion. I ended up choosing the, the coaching path because um, I knew that I could always go back if one year um, it didn't work out. And God, man, He laid me, laid into my heart. That's what I was supposed to do. Um, those were the kids that I was supposed to reach um, 14 to 22 year old men, the, the, the youth of the nation in a sense. So um, I started out at Union City High School uh, as an assistant coach there. Uh, four years there, was a part of a state championship, the first school state championship in 09. Um, after four years there, I ended up uh, taking my first head job at Gibson County High School. Um, took over a program that was a, a traditional losing program. Um, they actually had the longest losing streak in the state of Tennessee when I took them over. Um, and uh, During my tenure, we broke the streak. Uh, we uh, spent two million dollars in renovations, renovating the stadium and the field house, and um, did a lot of good things to revive that football program. Um, And um, then after that, after four years at Gibson County, I transitioned over to Arkansas, and I took a head coaching job at a private school in Arkansas. The allure there was uh, private school ball, as well as I was going to be able to use my religion and philosophy degree to teach in classes, so I'm excited about that. But that was where Dearman and I really crossed paths. He was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas Tech at the time. Um, and All paths lead to Arkansas. <laughs> that's <like>. exactly right. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, Coach Dearman was recruiting the Central Arkansas area. That was where we re- linked back up again and talked um, talked a lot, spent a lot of time talking and stuff like that. But um, and then from there to Bethel, um, and then after Bethel um, at Bethel, I was. I came in as the running backs coach, um, and then I transitioned the tight ends, H backs coach. And my last year, as offensive coordinator at Bethel, uh, took the step into uh, a powerhouse there as an offensive coordinator at Henry County uh, in Tennessee at a high school. And then this past fall, 2022, I was the I took the job at Brighton High School at the as the head coach. So. Um, you could say that I'm a journeyman as coach. And so uh, it's unique, though, because uh, I feel like everywhere I've gone um, it's been a calling. Um, it's been um, not a situation that I've just went and just sought after. It's a situation that um, I've tested the waters to see really um, is God going to open the door and at every moment God just places things left and right, and, you're, and that makes it seem the right decision. So,
0: and that path ultimately led you to you and here we are. Yes, sir. So, coaching with Brent Deerman at, at, at Bethel, what was he like then? Working with him as a head coach,
1: a grinder, a grinder. Coach Deerman um, leads by example in the sense of that um, no job is too small for him. Um, or he's not big enough for any job, uh, bigger than any job. Um, he is a guy that demands perfection in everything that you do. Um, and um, at the same time, if you don't know how to reach that perfection, he's going to help you get there. He's going to provide you with the resources. But um, he just wants guys that at the end of the day are just going to roll up their sleeves and get to work with him. Um, he is a, has a brilliant mind offensively and defensively, but extremely brilliant offensively. Um, and um, the, the thing that uh, I think uh, a lot of people miss out on Coach Dearman is um, that uh, he develops a very, very, very strong relationship with all of his players. Um, every one of those players that played for him back at Bethel in the 2018 season um, can say that they had a personal relationship with the head coach. And when you've got 150 kids, that's pretty. You know, usually it's your position coaches that have those deep relationships, but uh, somehow Demon finds time to build those relationships. And so, um, at, at working for the, working for him, put it like this: uh, you never know what your schedule's going to be like because it's going to be a grind. <laughs>
0: I see you guys working. Uh, I'll be up yes, here after uh, the basketball games. You guys are still in the office grinding. It's, it, it's certainly very visible what all you guys are doing. So let's step away from football for a minute. Off the field, what does
1: Coach Cruz like to do? So I am. Uh, um, I actually have um, a wife. Been married for. My wife's gonna kill me right now. <laughs> but I've been married for four, going on fourteen years this year. This June will be fourteen years. Uh, we have three kids. I have an 11-year-old daughter who will be 12 this, sun, this coming Sunday. Um, I have a 7-year-old son and a 3-year-old son. And uh, so one of the biggest things when I'm away from football is being able to spend time with them. Uh, my son is big into football right now, just eat up with it. Um, so getting the opportunity to spend time with them. Um, but if it's not spending time with my wife and kids, uh, I love uh, playing golf. Duck hunting and deer hunting and fishing, um, kind of an outdoors guy.
0: You can check all those boxes very easily here 100%. in the Shoals area. Yes, sir. You're if you exactly. can ever find the time, right? <laughs>
1: I just got to get it cleared with Coach deer <laughs> <laughs> So, did you grow up rooting for anybody? Who were your teams? So, my teams uh, when I was uh, when I was a a younger kid into my teenage years, I was a. I've always been a coach guy. Um, I've never been a a loyal team guy. Um, went, at one point in my, my life, I was a huge Chip Kelly guy, loved what he was doing at Oregon. Um, as far as a head coaching guy, huge Nick Saban guy. Um, so right now, if you were to say college-wise, um, first is UNA, but then second would be Nick Saban in Alabama just because of his structure and organization. Um, and then um, was NFL-wise – Huge John Elway guy. Hey. Lo- loved, All right. Yes, sir. Love John Elway growing up, man. Uh, a defensive player. Um, and the, one of the teams that kind of uh, stands out to me that I always look back on, and it really was because of their defensive side of it, was the Buccaneers with John Lynch and um, uh, Quarles as linebacker. Um, but that, as far as childhood, Uh, quarterback, childhood uh, hero in a sense would definitely be John Elway. My mom still got a picture of me as a young kid with the old uh, jersey, helmet, and uh, pants of uh, John Elway.
0: It's great to have another Broncos Elway fan. I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan. Okay. And you know, Dr. Looney, our athletic director, worked for the Chiefs, has a relationship with the Chiefs from his work at his previous school. Wes Brennan, director of to facilities worked for the Chiefs, kind of pulls for the Chiefs. We got Sammy Parker, played yes, for the he sir. <laughs> Told me a story. He called his first touchdown pass against the Broncos. <laughs> so it's great to have another Broncos fan in the yes, house. Sir. So I know you've coached in some big games as well, state championships. Any favorite memories that come to mind? Um,
1: one of the, you know, for me, um, would have been my uh. First win as a head coach in high school football. Um, it was the it was the game that we ended up breaking the streak, the losing streak at Gibson County, um, and it was also um, so September twenty seventh, uh, two thousand 2012 was that date, and um, that day, my um, is also um, six years later. Uh, seven, seven years later, uh, my youngest son was born. Oh, wow. And so um, that day was just a lot of hard work, a lot of um, time, energy, um, effort spent into trying to get those young men to believe that they could do what they needed to do and seeing that achievement, uh, seeing that excitement of those young men, um, being able to exp- experience it with my family um, and my my coaching staff was just a tremendous moment for me as a, as a coach.
0: Do you remember how many losses in a row it had been?
1: Yes, sir, 47.
0: 47. I mean, turnarounds are, are unbelievable. I mean, yes, what sir. do you think it takes to turn something like that around? What did it take then?
1: Um, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of belief, and a little bit of luck. you got to have a little bit of luck. I mean, it. it for us, um, you know, uh, the work has got to be detailed. It's got to be um, have purpose. It's got to have um, a sense of urgency about it. Um, it can't just be something that you clock in and clock out. you got to have a reason for why you do what you do and then have a direction with it. Um, and at the same time, um, there's got to be... A level of emotional belief. Um, there's got to be some type of investment from everyone involved, um, whether it be parents. Uh, you know, at the high school level, it's parents most definitely. But in our in in any program, it's the players, the coaches, anyone that touches that organization has got to have that level of belief that things can can um, take it to the next level. And so um, those things. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of luck, and then all of a sudden you're on a streak.
0: Let's jump into your running back room for a minute. Uh, Parker Driggers has been here for a while, all-conference guy. A little banged up last year. I feel like he's hopefully got a chip on his shoulder. And then some young guys that we saw a lot of flashes from at various times. But just in the short time, you know, what have you been able to learn about them? What do you want to see out of that group moving
1: forward? Uh, I want to – you know, Parker, of course, is is the guy that um, you can just tell by the way he carries himself, um, has a leadership capability about him. Um, uh, definitely has, a, has, a, has an edge to him where he was definitely upset that he didn't be – that he was did not have the opportunity to um, highlight um, or even help out the team in the way that he wanted to this year. Um, so, um, seeing those things from him is definitely a, a, a bright spot. Um, from those other guys that are in that room, um, the biggest thing that I have been challenging them on is this, is that um, the – the, the door is open. Um, the opportunity is right in front of you. What are you going to do to set yourself apart? And um, uh, whether it be uh, with within the weight room, whether it be within mat drills, whether it be within your individual work, whether it be within film study, what is it going to be that's going to set you apart? And, um, and for me, um, I just continue to help those guys grow into – You look at them, a lot of them, the rest of them, they were young guys. I mean, we're we're really young in that room except for Parker in a sense. And so um, being able to grow those guys into what a true professional student athlete looks like. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited about um, taking and and molding them and giving them the opportunities that they need to grow into uh, what hopefully their dreams are. How
0: excited are you guys to kind of get to spring ball here in a couple weeks?
1: Uh, You know, uh, recruiting is always so fun. But at the end of the day, um, you're ready for signing day so that you can get to some X's and O's in a little bit and start seeing what some of these guys can really do in in live and living color. You know, um, you can watch film all you want to, but being able to see how they respond to adversity in in a live action, um, how they respond to your coaching um, in live action um, it's priceless. So I'm excited about seeing that.
0: Coach Cruz, let's wrap up with this right here. I mean, fall will be here before we know it. We'll blink. Summer will be th- over, and, and we'll be kicking off that first football game whenever that may be. But how excited are you for this program and where we're headed? You know,
1: um, that, this is a blessing for me, as I told you about the opportunity to, to step into um, working with Dearman again, as well as uh, the Division One football. Um, being here, knowing – um, going through the recruiting process, seeing how much this university means to this area, um, the excitement for um, football kicking off in the state of Alabama, in the Shoals area, for me is um, – is, it, it's almost going to be surreal. Uh, it's going to be a, a moment that I have to take a deep breath and say, Let's think and roll out. You know what I mean. Um, I'm I'm excited. Um, it is going to be a it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a thrill ride for every moment, um, every game, and uh, and um, I, I think that um, Coach Dearman, our staff, um, this university, and this community is going to be very proud of the team that that. Um, that we put out on the field
0: we can't wait to to, to get there it's gonna be a fun off season it'll be an even funner fall of football coach Cruz, it's been great chatting with you sir yes sir thank you.